Welcome back to In the Know. I'm Luke Diamond. And I'm Kendall Van Horn. And Kendall has her first original podcast story this week. I do. Uh, Where do we start? So this week's episode is about something that you're probably pretty used to hearing about in the news lately. Okay. There's there's a few things running through my mind. What, What do we have? So today we're talking about vaping. Oh, vaping. Yes, that has been in the news a lot. Right. Um, Well, it's gotten a lot of attention in the news over the past year or so, as I'm sure you're well aware. But I wanted to look into how it affects our campus specifically. And did you find anything interesting? Well, since 2015, the number of students at the U who report vaping has increased by over 80%, according to the most recent Boynton Student Health Survey. I want to say I'm surprised by that, but I'm not. Fair. And neither was I. But I wondered if maybe, with all the news coming out recently about vaping-related illnesses, including 12 confirmed deaths, if we might see a change in student attitudes towards this trend. And what did we find? I think it's scary, and I think it's really dangerous to our society (laughs) and young people. My friend's boyfriend stopped vaping because of everything that he saw in the news. He stopped vaping because of that. I mean, I don't want to go back. I quit because... A lot of that stuff was coming out, so I didn't want to have that happen to me. So it seems like at least some vapors are concerned about these illnesses. Right. Well, there is a lot of confusion about what the cause of these illnesses really is. But I'm guessing you're about to enlighten us? Yep. So I talked to a lot of different experts across the university, as well as the Minnesota Department of Health, and they were able to give a lot more information about the situation. So of our 46 confirmed and probable cases, um, we've interviewed 25 of them, and all 25, 25 out of 25, um, divulged that they were vaping illicit, illegal THC. This is Rich Danilo, the deputy state epidemiologist for the Minnesota Department of Health. He's co-leading the Minnesota Department of Health's investigation into these lung injuries. The 46 cases he refers to are just the confirmed ones. There are an additional 26 cases still being investigated. You know, of those 46, 45 of them were hospitalized. And of those hospitalized, about half of them were admitted to the ICU. And actually nine of them ended up um, being intubated, you know, on a ventilator. Our age range of cases is ages 15 to greater than 65 years of age. But the vast majority of cases are are, um, less than 25 years of age. So according to Danila, it's the THC vapes that are causing these illnesses. What do other people think about that? Yeah. So Dorothy Hatsukami, the associate director of the Masonic Cancer Center, said basically the same thing. It seems like um, the majority of the people um, that have either died or experienced some of the the pulmonary, the severe lung disease, um, the majority of people have used the um, oil-based um, THC products. It's possible that they had uh, obtained their products um, from a source that was incredible. So what's present in these vapes that isn't in others that's causing these illnesses? Well, a lot of news outlets have reported that this specific chemical, vitamin E acetate, might be a factor, but that might not be the case. Some labs um, have found uh, vitamin E acetate in the, um, the vape juice, the illicit THC vape juice or e-cig juice, and we don't know what to make of that. Is it vitamin E or is that merely a, a marker that there might be some other contaminant as well? 
Or are there other factors, like maybe the type of device they're using might play a role? Or maybe um, we have noticed that uh, many of our cases are very heavy vapors, vaping quite a bit. Maybe that's playing a role as well. Irina Stepanov, a professor at the U who researches the chemical composition of tobacco products and who has been studying e-cigs for the last few years, said something similar. I, I mean, in theory, it could potentially contribute to lung toxicity, but uh, the problem is that it was not found in all liquids used by people who had these lung symptoms. I think it's, it's premature to say that it is necessarily vitamin E acetate. So it's some chemical, but we don't know which one. Right. But specifically, it's in oil-based cartridges. And that's what uh, the uh, vitamin E acetate was. It was, it was oil-based. And anytime you vape something in, um, in your lungs that's oil-based, it can solidify in your lungs, and that um, presents some um, problems. Primarily, it's, it's anything that's oil-based should not be uh, vaped. If these cartridges are so dangerous, how are they being sold? Well, they aren't being sold at vape shops or dispensaries. They're sold by dealers who make them illegally, but package them to look like a legitimate product. You know, if you were a, a user of this, you could say, oh, this, this must have been made in a state that has legalized uh, recreational marijuana, and it must be safe. And in fact, it's not safe at all. It's, it's produced by an illegal drug manufacturer where there's, you know, absolutely no oversight, no quality control. And furthermore, you know, you could buy the exact same package, uh, the same cartridge in the same package here in Minnesota, uh, and, and, and then go to, say, New Mexico and buy the exact same package and cartridge. And they may be made by two totally different drug dealers. So the packaging is the same, but the, the, what goes inside that package is different. Even though THC vapes seem to be causing these lung injuries, many states, including Massachusetts and Michigan, have reacted by banning legal nicotine vapes. Interesting. So clearly well-intentioned policies. How do the researchers feel about it? Well, Hatsukami says it's not necessarily the best idea. The downstream effects might be that uh, cigarette uh, smokers who had completely switched over to electronic cigarettes might just go back to cigarette smoking, which is considered to be far more dangerous um, than the electronic uh, cigarettes that contain nicotine. So basically, she doesn't think that it's beneficial to do a complete ban because it would be harmful to those who are using vapes as they were intended to quit smoking cigarettes. Right. And Sherry Katz, an assistant journalism professor at the U who studies attitudes towards vaping, was also concerned about these complete bans. We have to look at both the intended and unintended effects. So I think that there needs to be a piece of education that goes along with bans to remind people that doesn't mean buy illegal or online products that are from less reputable sources because what's going to happen, one of the things that I'd be concerned about is some unintended effects. So the FDA has actually said that it expects to finalize its policy on vape products in the next few weeks. So keep an eye out for that. So in the end, did you get an answer to your question? Have attitudes changed about vaping on campus? I think it's too soon to say, but Sherry Katz did have an important note on that. 
Every time I've done a study on this campus, it seems as though the attitudes and the views about uh, vaping have changed. Um, back in 2000, April 2017, I did a series of focus groups in which um, people were very, you know, it was a very social experience. It was sort of a vape mount at a party. Um, it was the attraction was the flavors and maybe the smoke tricks and the social aspect of it. Um, in April 2019, we did a series of focus groups in which people were actually expressing and concern about addiction and telling the story of, hey, I started this at a party and it's a completely different thing now. I'm doing it all day while I study. And so I think that that's created a situation where students are understandably concerned about addiction. And here's the rest of the U's News. You've probably already heard, but Megan Thee Stallion canceled her headlining homecoming performance. In its stead, Phoebe Ryan and Saba will be performing a free concert in front of Kaufman Union on Friday, October 4th at 6.30 p.m. University researchers are collaborating with indigenous tribes to preserve wild rice near the Great Lakes. The Grand Portage Band of Lake Superior Chippewa Tribe harvests the disappearing rice for food, but also for tribal traditions. The researchers' goals are to identify why the rice is vanishing design strategies to preserve it that respect indigenous culture and traditions. And lastly, the College Republican Student Group's Washington Avenue Bridge panel was vandalized for the fourth year in a row. The panel, which depicted a brick wall with the words Donald Trump the wall beneath an illustration of a plane flying towards the Twin Towers and a quote from Representative Ilhan Omar, was spray-painted over within 24 hours of the annual Paint the Bridge event. The student who painted the panel said he hoped it would inspire other students to research Trump's accomplishments. This episode of In the Know was produced by me and was reported by my co-host, Kendall Van Horn. Our intro music is by J.D. Duggan. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also check out our sports podcast, The Weekly Rundown, with new episodes out every Friday. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.